Welcome to Movie Maniacs. Mike Rags and Chuck Curry discussing the greatest movies of all time and all the new films in theaters and streaming that you need to know about. Like us, rate us, share us. Now, here are your hosts, Mike Rags and Chuck Curry. We're ready. Another edition, Movie Maniacs, Mike Rags and Chuck Curry talking about the great world of cinema and then some. Uh, lots to get to today, as always. We're going to count down our favorite bank robbery movies as Ambulance hits big screens and the really big screens on the IMAX this weekend. Also coming out this week is Sonic 2, but Chuck and I couldn't get 10 movies about Sonic on a list. So we'll talk about bank robbery movies in a little bit. Let's bring him in right now. Chuck, how you doing? I'm doing good, Mike. How you doing? Ready good. I was, thinking, I was thinking about banning you for the next 10 years on the Movie Maniacs, but considering you didn't slap me yet, I figured I'd keep you on the show. What do you think of that? Uh, well, that is the big severe, news this week. Not severe enough. What's the story? That's the big news this week. Uh, Will Smith is banned from the Oscars for 10 years. I, personally, Chuck, the farther we get away from it, the more I think maybe we're overreacting just a bit. I know in the moment it was awful. And, I mean, but... Frankly, the guy made I think a, this better. A, I think a this bad judgment I, and an error. Yeah, he and, did. and and I, I don't know. What's 10 years keeping Will Smith out of the His performances will keep him out of the Oscar telecast more than what he did on the other night. Well, he's still eligible to get nominated and win an Oscar, though. Sure. He just cannot. Uh, I guess he can't show up to the event. Right. Um, so we'll have his picture up in the corner. And if he wins, uh, which is what should have happened, frankly, that night, is that, you know, he's no longer there and he, he won and. And whoever presented the award says we 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 take this in for him. Um, I don't know if it really is going to accomplish anything, Chuck. I think this is no, maybe it's not. maybe a little bit of an overreaction. Um, I think I think I think the Academy in general had a safe face because they had to do something. Because if they did nothing, they would people would like, what are they doing? Why didn't they do anything? So you you know when we live in a culture now where you got to lay down the hammer. On people, I think there's better ways to handle it. I, I, I don't, you know, in retrospect, I say to myself, like, what is Smith's strategy to save his career? Right. I, I, I have a feeling. My gut feeling tells me, at this point, I think that no studio is going to get involved with him at least for the next year. So I any hate- project that he, ha- he has in development, like I Am Legend Two, it's not, it's not going to happen. Eventually, yeah. what will happen is he'll get, he'll start to go in. He'll probably start to do some independent stuff. Work yeah. his way back into the industry. I don't see his career completely over, but at least for the next year or so, I would say as an actor, it most likely is because he's just too toxic in this current very soft culture. Having I would say, that, Chuck, I think what he did, what he did was wrong, no doubt. Yeah, I would say as a if I was his PR director, the first thing I tell him to do is to yeah. divorce Jada Pinkett, divorce her tomorrow file the paperwork. If you want to save face, start assessing some of the blame of what happened that night to her and the toxic environment you live in right now. Uh, I know. I don't. That, I, I, mean, I understand. I, I'm not. I, I if he's worried about saying, his career. Uh, yeah. Don't you think that would that would be a step in the direction of, hey, I've gone. I'm going through some issues here. Maybe understand him a little bit more. I don't know how happy they are in their marriage. There's tons of rumors it, that she's. But, it's, but again, all- I. It's hard to get. I'm not going to get involved in that. If I'm like, his PR on, agent, I bring it up. Their walls is their business. If, if you're his PR agent, do you bring it up at least and say, look, there's I, one I, thing you I can think, do. I think I said I was giving this thought yesterday and I said to myself, OK, what is what would his, what would the best strategy be? Would he do in the next, say, say 60 days, do a primetime ABC interview with Oprah, Oprah yeah, and just yeah. come come clean on his mindset, why he did what he did, what he's going through, try to connect with people to get to understand so the the vicious backlash against what he did which is somewhat very justified starts to ease up in people because you know they there's always a saying uh, people like to you know you 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 rise to the top they beat you down but america loves a comeback story right he just had he just has he just has to have the right message to connect and make people understand okay he had a horrible night. Why did he do what he do? But he has to do something. He, ha- yeah. he just can't lay in the low, in the low weeds 
and not do anything. Well, a good example is, is, is relevant this weekend. Look at Tiger Woods and his career, right? I mean, there was a time and play. He was very toxic after that Thanksgiving Absolutely. night with his ex-wife. And, and mm-hmm. look what he's done when he won the Masters a few years ago. That was a great redemption story. And then he goes and wraps a, a car around a tree and, and, he, and he almost dies. And now is another redemption story for him. He's not the perfect man, but um, we all like you said, but, we all but, like comeback but, but, stories. He, but at the end of the day, he is a human being and there's not a single person listening to this show or who is ever born that is a perfect person. And if you all look in the mirror and take a deep look, we are, we're all flawed. We all do stupid things, make mistakes, have bad thoughts. And for stupid reasons and And for bad reasons too. And, and like I said, to start all this, the farther we get away from that night and that event, the more I feel like, all right, let's put it in perspective. There are bigger problems in the world. There are. Will Smith. it was embarrassing for Chris Rock, but he didn't hurt Chris Rock. I mean, he didn't I kill think, Chris Rock. He didn't stab Chris Rock. He slapped Chris Rock. And, and you know, yeah. it's not good because it is embarrassing. And Rock has to live with that for the rest of his career. It's sort of going to be like, hey, that's Chris Rock, the guy who got slapped by Will Smith at the yeah. Oscars. He's yeah. never going to live that down. Uh, and that's maybe more something for a civil suit. But Rock, I don't think, is going to go in that direction. But, uh, I mean, I guess the whole thing in retrospect is just it's, it's pathetically sad that it happened. Well, and it, to me, it's just uh, indicative of what's wrong with that telecast and everything that's been going wrong. It's just another low point for just an awful night that shouldn't possibly maybe change altogether. Uh, and, and the Oscars just show their hypocritical nature again that night. And I think that's what I get out of that night more than anything else. And by the way, those waiting yeah. for a Deadshot movie um, for Will Smith, that probably wasn't going to happen anyway, because the reports I was reading is he wanted too much money for them. And they weren't going to do that movie anyway. So that won't be part of his lexicon of comeback movies. If, if that's no, what I mean, I, I mean, I think what was going to happen, most likely there would have been a bad boys Four, Right. And there would have been a, I am legend Two. those right. two things would have happened. I mean, there is a movie in the can, a $125 million movie for Apple TV, which is supposed to be released later this year. Let's be honest. Well, uh, Apple TV has no choice. They have to, they have to stream it. What are they going to do with it? They're not going to, not going to, throw gasoline on the reel and, and, and throw a match to it. I mean, they're going to try to get whatever they can. I mean, maybe who knows in, in, in five months, you know, we do have short attention spans. We do. In a different we do. Way. Yeah. Smith could apologize in a more public manner. I mean, giving statements to me, to me personally, I, I think it's not really, an, it's not really an apology. No, that's a PR move. It. Yeah. It's, who it, knows if he PR wrote it? Move. Yeah. He doesn't, yeah, you don't I mean, know if he wrote I, it. I, it doesn't matter to people. I think if he does a primetime interview, and it gets highly rated. And he, although who knows? I mean, you know, if he is into Scientology, he might say some stuff yeah. that people might feel is really yeah. stupid. Yeah. So who knows what he might say? I don't know. I don't, I mean, we don't know him as a personal. We know, we know the persona. That's all. Chuck, let's talk about some other buzzworthy stuff this week. And one of them sure. raised an eyebrow for me. Sam Raimi actually maybe open to the idea of partnering up with Tobey Maguire again. This would be well, unbelievably big news. It, well, he did. You know, they asked him a question and he said, you know, I'd be open to it. And, you know, uh, the management team at, at Marvel's incredible. Let's be honest. They could do all sorts of things. I yeah, mean, they could do it. They, they could do an Andrew Garfield Spider-Man and Tobey Maguire Spider-Man. I say, why not? It's gold. It I is. Mean, it's, you can't lose. You get the You got the right creative people. If Sam Raimi wants to do it, Tobey Maguire, these, these, you know, these are the talent that will work. I, I think all this stuff eventually will happen. I, I think so too. That is great news. I just wonder what happens first, Andrew Garfield movie or Tobey Maguire movie. I think probably Andrew Garfield would be first. Wouldn't you think? Probably. But what I would do if I was them, I would shoot them at the same time. I oh, would yeah. release one in the summer, one at Christmas. It's a great idea. Yeah, it really is. Um, Chuck, it looks like Netflix found a new director for the Beverly Hills cop movie. The two guys that were doing the Batgirl movie for Warner brothers, dropped out. They've got a, a real unknown. Mark Molloy will be the director to tap the upcoming film. I think the best thing about this, not only do you have the star, but Jerry Bruckheimer is producing it, too. So that does add some merit to what they're doing for this fourth Beverly Hills Cop film. Boy, 1984. The original. We've come a long way. Listen, I, I would love to see it. Uh, I hope it's good. I think Eddie's a tremendous talent. I think it's his best character, Axel Foley. And he's aged well. I mean, it's 36 years old. Yeah, he's aged really well. He could do it again. There's no doubt about it. He's how old? 
it was 36 years ago, so he's got to be yeah, close to ago. 60, right? So yeah, yeah, he is. Um, but he looks great. He looks great. He's yeah, still incredibly talented. So I mean, I'm I'm very open to the idea. I I just question generate generationally, is Beverly Hills Cop a movie that people who are 25 have seen? Well, not only that, but is it a genre people will care about, right? And what was the last cop? funny when was the last comedy that was a big hit in the theaters chuck that's a, maybe even a better question just a pure out comedy with a big star upcoming star that was a big hit in the theaters it's been a while now it's been a long time i mean yeah. melissa mccarthy maybe was the last one to do it or or break uh, brad bridesmaids it, it has not happened post covid that's for sure no um uh, and and the status of beverly hills cop i would say maybe bridesmaids is the only thing that comes close pops up in my mind that was like a cultural phenomenon and people laugh the hangover maybe um, but even those movies weren't genre films per se. This one is as pure, you know, buddy. I wouldn't, that was a buddy cop movie more than anything yeah, else. Here's but- the thing. I just, I just want to bring up the stat. This was released the other day. 35% of all Americans now have at least four apps to stream. Right. In 19, uh, 2019, it was 11%. So now that people are starting to put their big toe back into going to theaters more, Although it is totally, it's still a very different landscape because what is hit at the box office has been really few and far between. The movies that have hit have hit big. There's been so so many Midland projects that have been released that have really somewhat crashed and burned. And the ambulance is another one which uh, opened this weekend. Uh, it's a, but actually, I thought it was more expensive than it was. It's a forty million dollar movie. It looks much more expensive in the trailer. Yeah, well, it's because of Michael and Bay. And it's going to make about $7.5 million this week in its opening. That's not good. No. And the reviews are 68% positive on Rotten Tomatoes, which is tied to the best Michael Bay reviewed movie, which is The Rock. How did The Rock only get 60? What were, what were, what were, the, what were the, the people who didn't like The Rock? What were they looking at? I mean, uh, who knows? One of the best <laughs> action joke. movies of all time. That's a joke. But the um, question is, the question is, a movie like The Ambulance, which is really geared or sold as a straight action movie. People are willing to go back to the movies, but they have to be motivated and stimulated to do it. Spider-Man yeah. No Way Home stimulates. Families will go see Sonic 2, which is tracking around, which is going to do around $65 million, Actually, it's blowing past. That's a tracking, lot. But That's uh, great. That's it is. A lot. It's very good. But so, uh, and obviously uh, the Batmans perform very well at theaters. Lost City had a, a good opening weekend and, and morbius is doing really well yeah uh, first weekend at least but here's a superhero genre but here's the thing the ambulance did not motivate people to go to the movies the question no. is here's in in here in, and i was reading some of the analysts view of why because when you go to the netflix queue you can see a ton of movies that look like the ambulance it's not going to be as good as the ambulance it's not going to be you know as well produced or well directed yeah. or big as the ambulance but in general, the psychology is, oh, you know, been there, done that. Don't need to get in my car, start the ignition, go to the theater, pay 12 bucks, sit down for two hours or two hours and 15 minutes and then go back home. So because they've now been programmed. programmed. Yeah, programmed to stay in home. Their, in their condition to stay home. You know, I was telling somebody the other day, and I want you to think about this. I don't know if we touched on this. The reason they used to call soap operas soap operas, right, is because all the commercials were soap, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And if you if you bombard somebody in the mind with the same product over and over and over, you get them to condi- you get them conditioned to buy it. So in the old school soap operas, they you know soap and detergent, and then you know women who were watching these, they said, oh, I got to get my soap, I got to get my detergent. They got in the habit of using the same product. That's how companies are built to be big conglomerates. And what they've done now with streaming is they've conditioned so many people who used to go to the movies to just sit home and stream. And streaming's awesome. And there's so much to stream. The content's amazing. And there's so and he's even free streaming content is really good if you want to sit through some of the commercials. But what it has done, it has redefined the industry. I think going forward, I don't know if you like there's some some people say, oh, eventually this will all go back to normal. It won't. Mm, I don't think it, so. It just won't. No, it yep. won't. I mean, people are going to go to the movies, but this, the movies they want to see, the movies they seek out to actually go to the theater will be a lot less 
they're not going to be throwaway movies. That's my point. They're going to have to mean it. something. They're, they're going to have to motivate people to do it. You know what I think is interesting too, Chuck, is a lot of the marketing departments out there are pushing seeing an IMAX, IMAX, IMAX. So Ambulance comes yeah. out in IMAX. I think that is not a marketing yeah. tool people care about. I don't think people are going to, yeah. you could say anything's on uh, IMAX. I, I, but, I, I, yeah, I, I, it doesn't do much for me. No, you got to make sure it's the movie I want to see in IMAX. Then I'll go. Yeah. But if it's just any movie in IMAX, I mean, that's just not going to do it. So I'm asking you, if you would you or would you not go see the ambulance in a theater? If the answer is no, why? I would see it. Yeah, I would see it. And okay. mainly because I like uh, Jake Gyllenhaal a lot. I like that genre, which is why we're yeah. doing it later on. And I like Michael Bay for the most part. You know, he overproduces I his movies, too. but I, yeah. I like his style. And I, I I think he's very ambitious, which is what I like about Michael Bay when he makes a movie. It doesn't matter what it is. I, I think in his career, he just did a couple transformer movies way too, too many. He said yeah. so himself. I, yeah. he, but Mike, he made. Oh, he's made some great movies. He's made a gazillion dollars off the Transformers. And and he has. And, you know, I wasn't even a big fan of those movies because they're overproduced. But I I like the first. I like the third. That's it. He he reminds me of James Cameron because everything he puts into a movie is up on screen. It's not. He doesn't. Yeah, I agree. I I think that's what. And and you can tell his love for movie making. Um, And I love Jake Gyllenhaal. So, uh, yeah, I'd see that. Now, you know, I'm probably going to go see Sonic, too, because my daughter to get her out of the house and go to the movie theaters. And I think that's an indication of, Hey, it's a, it's a spring break weekend. Uh, there's a family movie out. And I think that's why it's made so much money. And the first but one was good. Was the actual it, first one was better than it should have been. You personally have any hesitation going to a movie theater? Not, no, oh, none, 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 none. I, I don't have hesitation to do anything at all. Yeah, I, I don't even think about COVID when I leave the house at all. I, I'm, I'm, I'm sure that's different than some of our listeners, but um, I, the, I don't even think about it. Um, and I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. I just think that's where my mindset is. Uh, Chuck, what else you got as far as movie news? Oh, Amazon, Amazon Prime, which or Amazon, which acquired uh, MGM officially a few weeks ago, announced that they're going to have all 25 James Bond movies. Next we talked Friday. about this last week. We talked about that last week. We did. Yeah. OK. How about I wanna you, do, this I wanna, day I in do, history? Wanna, you got any this, yeah, this day in in, yeah, I, I do. I want to. I want to do this. I want to do this day in movie history. This week, actually, uh, in I think it was April eighth, nineteen seventy six. The Bad News Bears opened in theaters, became a big hit, very edgy movie, great cast: Walter Matthau, Tatum O'Neill. I'd argue Tatum O'Neill, one of the great child actresses of all time. What a great talent! What a great, great uh, talent! What a great movie! Uh, of, of, of we, we love sports and sports movies. This is one of the best ones. Agree? I agree. Yeah, it's really good. I I would also argue. Maybe not a movie that would be made today <laughs> um, with the amount of racism, well, with the amount of if that, misogynistic. The un- if you if you took the Bad News Bears uncut 76, which was read, rated what? PG, 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 okay, no PG, PG. Yeah, you could not show that movie on network television uncut. No, you could not. No. Uh, I mean, there's because a number the, of reasons because everything you just stated. Yeah. The dialogue. Plus the darkness of a father and and his son and a uh, high school a, co- a little league coach. Walter Matthau driving a down the block drinking yeah, beer cans, yeah. openly drinking beer cans. Yeah, and making uh, he has kids making drinks for him. Well, a good indication was when they did uh, the updated version with Bill about Thornton, a different, totally different tone to that movie. I don't it was like more of movie. Bad Santa than it was Bad News Bear, yeah. And, yeah. and it didn't work. So I don't even think no. it could work anything like this today, uh, but a classic, a, a true classic. And it's interesting. It came out in April. I wonder, and even back then, were they even thinking, hey, it's opening day. We'll put out a movie. Maybe. I don't know. I mean, back in 76, did they care about that kind of stuff? But with baseball starting up, is that why that movie got released in April? It was perfect timing. Yeah. Um, I, I, and I do remember the second one, too. I loved a lot as a kid um, growing up yeah, with, they, the, with the I, Astrodome. I did, I did too. Did you? Um, I didn't see that in the theater, though. I, gotta, I did see I did that one in the theater. No, I, I didn't did see Japan see the in the theater. theater. Japan, I did not see in the theater uh, with Tony Curtis, which was a. I did not. Awful, awful. You know, I don't. Idea. I don't know how much of a. I don't know how much of a release that got in the theater. The third one, I did. Probably I not a big one. Bombed. But the second one made bombed. a lot of money. Second one did really well. Um, I mean, you know, they win the game at the end and they're in the Astrodome with really no stars. I mean, Willem Devane and at the time, not a big star. Not like Walter Matthau. Uh, I, I do enjoy it. But there's some funny moments. That, en- that ending's fun, though. You let them oh. play, let them play. Oh, oh it's boy. great. I mean, it's legendary, really. I mean, it's it's, it's yeah, a that great. those three words are in the lexicon of what, what what name one player in that scene for the Astros. Uh, what's his name? Bob Watson's in that movie. Uh, Cesar Sedano, Cesar Cesar Sedano. 
yep. and I, I believe uh, there's a couple others in. I think Art Howe might actually be in the background for one of those scenes. Um, but uh, what a great movie. I just love that movie. And I think, you know, I, yeah. even without even without the two leads, it still well, worked. The kid, what, J- J- Jimmy Bayo, right? Jimmy Bayo, yeah. It who, was fun in that movie. Jimmy Bayo, who would turn that into a roll on soap, right? And then after that, yeah, true. Uh, I, re- I honestly remember him serving me drinks on one of the New York cruise lines around the island. And I said, hey, you're really. Yeah, I said, you're Jimmy Bayo. And he wanted nothing to do with me at all. Um, so really? I knew I was right. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that yeah, was a long it's time a good ago. Story. Hey, it's listen, really good story. I got a couple up my sleeve. Uh, what else you got? Anything good? No, I'm good. All right, let's uh, uh, talk about, by the way, movies that came out this weekend. We, we talked about Sonic 2 is going to do pretty well and, and Ambulance not so well. Uh, Chuck, what do we have to look for after this? It's uh, Dr. Str- Doc, no, the is it the Fantastic Beasts or Dr. Strange? What comes out first? I can't even Fantastic remember. Fantastic Beasts comes and out that's first. A, that's your Easter weekend movie. And you got Father Stu coming out on Wednesday, Chuck. Is that going to get any uh, like traction? Probably not, right? Mark Wahlberg as a as a would be priest. I, I, I think the traction it gets will be will it find a religious crowd? Yeah, maybe. If, if it does, if it does, it could have a good. If it does, especially Easter weekend, yeah. Um, all right, Chuck. Let's turn our attention but, to. But, uh, I do, but I but I just want to preface that I do think uh, this Doctor Strange into the Multiverse of Madness is going to be a huge film. Yeah, probably. I don't know if it's going to. It's not going to do eight hundred million in the U.S., but I think it's going to do four or five hundred million in the U.S. Interesting. And if they have, and if they do have as many cameos, and you know they're gonna. Yeah. More, more, more secret stuff that people don't know about yet. Because why not? You'd be crazy not to do it. Because the more you, the more you add, the more you intrigue, the more you motivate people to say, "I got to see this." And they got all the cards, all the toys in the world, Marvel at this point to play. They with. do. They do. And at, and it's funny. And they've got all the money in the world to throw at an actor to come back and be in a ten-minute scene, right, or a five-minute. You scene. know, we we said we said yeah, absolutely. You know, we said this. Over the last few months, you know, when we were younger, there were a lot of different ideas that we always would fantasize about. Like, why can't you get these characters in the same right. movie? And they never right. could. Because right. they didn't have the money, the resources, or the motivation. I mean, some of this stuff to me is so much fun. It, yeah. the, the, the possibilities here. Oh, I do want to point out. I do want to point I do have one more story. Uh, Flashpoint which was supposed to be released in November, now get kicked uh, uh, forward to next summer. Okay. Speaking, about, speaking about weird is, dudes, speaking of weird yeah, dudes. Ezra Miller is a flash. It has Michael Keaton's uh, Batman, different timelines, Ben Affleck's Batman and Batgirl, a new, a new bat. Uh, no, I mean, Supergirl, Supergirl. Okay. Um, Ezra Miller was evidently arrested a few weeks ago for a confrontation. He had in Hawaii with a couple. He evidently threatened her hurt them or kill i don't know so it was a bad scene now there was a story that came out and warner brothers is sort of denying it they had that they had an emergency meeting and any involvement with ezra miller in terms of future projects have been put on hold so the question a lot of people are starting if you go to youtube and a lot of the streamers a lot of the um the, the bloggers who post youtube videos Starting to spread stories is Warner Brothers looking to recast Ezra Miller, reshoot the movie. There's no way they're going to reshoot that movie. There's no way. Here's the thing. Uh, This is a lesson to to talent involved in the industry. You can't get yourself into stupid situations. No. Because it it not only kills your career, but it hurts the fan base. You're, You're hurting a lot of people by doing this. Well, not only that, but the jobs of all the people you're working with in these movies are at risk. If something gets yeah, and they down because of something stupid you do, the key grip loses his job that day. I mean, you are responsible to, uh, you know, uphold some sort of uh, public decorum. So things like this don't go awry. I think he's a lot of fun, fun as Barry Allen, the flesh in the, in the Justice League movies. I think he's a lot of fun. Uh, he's very quirky, very different. Evidently, he's very different because um, you yeah. know, some people say he's not wrapped too tight. Yeah, the only problem and, and I have with you, the and those type talents always become can can become a problem because and they, they can, just uh, lose yeah. cannons and they don't get cast and they go away and and, and never yeah. to be seen again. Um, yeah. uh, see, you know, you know what's his name? Uh, Marty McFly's dad. I mean, uh, that guy's you know never really Crispin Glover. Glover. He had a good I mean, young that, career. That, if people want to see something insane, go to YouTube. David Letterman, and Chris Crispin, Crispin Glover. Glover yeah, appearance. yeah. Where he almost kicked David Letterman in the throat, like one inch away. That's a really bizarre incident, to say the least. Yep. 
Yep, no doubt about it. Um, Chuck, let's uh, let's talk about Fast Five. But before we get to our five, I'd be remiss if yep. I didn't bring up. Hey, it's Kane Hodder's birthday, Chuck. <laughs> he's Hello, six. He's he's sixty-seven. Now he only played Jason a couple of times, but for you and I, he's forever Jason. How many times did he play Jason? Well, he does all the conventions. He does all the conventions. I, I think him. he was in seven, I, eight, and the Jason ten. I think Jason X. That's was it. In. I think I, so. I yeah. Realize that. Okay. I met him at a convention. Uh, he has a following. He does very well at the convention circuit. Very well. Yep. He was in uh, New Blood and Jason Takes Manhattan were the two that he was wow, in. I, I didn't know. I, I I thought he was in more. Okay. Um, uh, uh, he was a nice guy, too, when we met him. He's a good guy. I mean, yeah. he gets it. He, he gets it. He's basically a stuntman that got lucky in the right role. Um, yeah. A, a Unlike Jimmy Bale. Unlike, Unlike Jimmy, Jimmy Bale. Bale. Right. <laughs> Although Jimmy might be able to make some more money signing autographs. I don't know. Uh, not in this day and age. All right. Let's do Fast Five here. A lot of females, Chuck. We'll do our first female. And I know you're a big fan of her, too. And she's still doing great work. And that's Robin Wright, who's 56 years old. And to me, she's Jenny. Um, yeah. But to you, she might be something else. I first saw her in that movie with, with uh, Sean Penn, who she wound up marrying. State and, of Grace. Uh, yeah, State of Grace. Good State movie. of Grace. That was a good movie. I I because I, I, I saw her by myself on an afternoon opening weekend. And I was like, you know what? I really like that movie. And she was good. And I, I tell you another Robin Wright story. I know you're going to laugh at me, but when I saw Toys, oh the, the lambasted Barry Levinson movie starring Robert Williams, very fantasy, whimsical, and Williams awful. is going... The word is awful. Okay. I think you're looking for awful is the word you're no, looking for. No, I like for. it. Yeah. I, I do find it entertaining. Having said that, when I saw, when she was in that movie, there's a scene in that movie where, where she's at a cafeteria, and I said to myself, she's this woman's beautiful. She could be the next Julia Roberts. Now, she's had a terrific career. Yeah, there is no there is no next Julia Roberts. There's only one no. Julia Roberts. But I do like Robin Wright. I think she's really good. She's done some good work in the, the Wonder Woman. She was a lot of fun in too later in and her she's, career. And she's in break, and she's in, in, in Bruce Willis's wife in Unbreakable, right? That's right. And House of Cards. Yeah. I mean, obviously she House took over Cards. for Kevin Spacey. That, that yeah. was big. That was big. How about Steven Seagal being big at one time, Chuck, and now big in other ways? You realize he's yeah. seventy. This big in other ways. Is he really? Yeah. Yeah. Boy, does time fly. Listen, for me, it's very simple. It's Under Siege one and two. Uh, one Under Siege is his best produced movie, most talent around him. Yep. And then Under Siege Two, I remember when it opening it opened. They didn't screen it for critics, and then and then Roger Ebert and, and uh, Siskel and Ebert gave it a big thumbs up. They yep. liked it. I, yeah. I I thought to me, and now some of the critics dumped on that movie, but it's to enjoy. Listen, Under Siege Two is one of those movies I could pop in on Blu-ray and enjoy the hell out of it for two hours. I enjoy it, and I liked him. I listen. I think- he had. He did was he obviously had something, right? You don't you don't screen presence. He had a huge he screen, had screen presence. Yeah, he had screen presence. He had a connection with his audience, and um, you don't have to be a great actor. You just I think don't. part of the you I think part of the did. problem with Under Siege Two is the fact that he did it after On Deadly Ground, which was very preachy and very bad movie about the oil business. And I think people, you know, I think, too, huh? yeah, Michael can I think I think the studios got a little scared about how to release a a, a movie maybe, with him maybe. in it. And, and I thought that after Under Siege 2, I thought a, a good um, uh, career move that didn't really lead to anything more was being the understudy basically to Kurt Russell in executive decision. I thought that was a yeah, great career yeah. move. It was, it was. And it but it just after that, it never you know, he's he, doing he's he, doing bad I movies. I saw this movie. He did a movie that's on Roku. Now you can watch it free and it never played in theaters. This is before streaming. It was called The Patriot. It was about yeah. a virus that got unleashed. Yeah, I actually like that movie. I enjoy watching that movie. Yeah, he plays a doctor in that one, too, which yeah. is I think what ha- also happened is hairline started to go. The belt started to get a and little his, looser. And his, right. And his, and his rep and his reputation was and his good. reputation on set is terrible. I mean, you, Jenny McCarthy said some horrible things about him. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And well, yeah. Kelly LeBrock, I mean, just alone. Yeah. That, that What happened and in that, that marriage? And, 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 that stuff, and, and you're right. He got out of shape. Yep. And then he and then he started delving into the quick you know, DVD yep. schlock on a yep. Walmart shelf. And, you know, the rest is history. And he, and he grew older, you know, and that's the way it is. Oh, someone who's really on the brink of superstardom, Chuck. She's done a lot of great work at such a young age and people love her. Um, she's 32 years old. That's Kristen Stewart. I'm still waiting for her to do that big mainstream movie that she, you know, she turns into gold for her career. She just critics love her. She does unbelievable work, but in movies that aren't seen by a lot of people, right? Um, Charlie's Angels, she tried to do nothing really worked. She did that horror movie a couple of years ago that nobody saw. Um, 
I, I like her a lot. I like her more when she's a trying. You, you, you like her a lot? I do. Yeah, I like the movie she did. Uh, I think it was an Amazon Prime movie, Happiest Season, where she played a she was going back to home with a with a, a, another actress, uh, Mackenzie. Listen, uh, I, I find that she's a very uh, she's a she has a really interesting look. She's she has an appeal. I, I just wanted to do me, more mainstream stuff. Here's a problem for me. To for me, it's um, she's so internalized as an actress. Yeah, and, and I I'm not a fan of that style. Like I like you know wear your personality on your sleeve. Like she's just like you know she did a really she good job. Like, she did do a really good job as uh, Princess Diana, Diana. Spencer. Yeah. I, I did enjoy that a lot. And the movie Happiest Season. Go check it out. It's a, it's a good a Christmas movie too, where she plays opposite Mackenzie Davis that came out last year. Um, yeah, I, I do enjoy her a lot. Again, I just want her to be in movies that people see. Um, how about Patricia Arquette, Chuck, who never really made superstardom either? She's 54 this weekend. Well, it's two movies. It's true romance. But I yep. tell you the other one. Alabama. I, I know. I love I love me some Nightmare on Elm Street Part 3. Yeah, that's a good pick. I love Very that movie. Pick. That is a great movie. That is not a good movie. That's not a good horror movie. That, that is a great entertaining pop culture horror. I love that movie. And well, she's I love really damn good in that movie. I loved her as Alabama Whitman and true romance and that fight scene with uh, yes. James uh, Gandolfini is just legendary. Um, uh, and she's actually on that new show severance, which is actually pretty good on Apple plus that Ben, Ben Stiller's directed and produced. Uh, yeah. She's had a mm -hmm. really long career. Um, and of course the sister of Rosanna Arquette, Chuck. And yes, um, yes. If you if you had to pick a career and that was she, better, she did, well, she did it. She, I, you, you just she did the show Medium, which ran for a long time. Yeah, right? really long time. But so you'd say yeah. Patricia wins at Thanksgiving dinner. She wins best career. It's, it's close. I don't. I don't. But Roseanne Arquette never carried a show or a movie by herself. I mean, she was no, never. But she, she she had it. She was a name back in the she, day. She though. was. She was. But never the yeah. first name. And Patricia Arquette's had the she's been the first name on yeah. a few movies and TV shows. Um, last but not least, who, a guy who uh, who keeps working and we both like his appeal. Um, and that's Dennis Quaid, who's 68 years old this weekend, Chuck. And I remember way back when and breaking away, seeing him the first time. And that was a long time ago. 1979. Talk about a long career. I'm a big fan of. Yep. Dennis Quaid. You think of what movie? Well, he's been in so many. I mean, Day well, you got to think tomorrow. of one. This is a fast five. You got to think of one. Dennis Quaid. You think I like of the, ro the, ro the rookie, the rookie. Interesting. Yeah. I'll tell uh, you another story. When Dennis Quaid did Jaws, the revenge, uh, Jaws, Jaws 3D, 3D. Okay. Okay. Don't forget the right. D. Don't forget. Yeah, that the was D. His, like, his, I, I think that was his first starring role. Like it. Like in he's the star. Movie. Yeah. Yeah. OK. So I read interviews after the fact, many, many years after the fact that he was high on cocaine. Most of that shoot. Wow. Yeah. Wow. You know what movie that I liked early on his career is The Big Easy. He's the star of that. Yeah. And I liked mm -hmm. him in Dreamscape. I thought Dreamscape was a little scene science fiction movie that more people should probably keep an eye on. Check. That's a he, decent he did movie. The Joe Don he did the Joe Dante movie. Uh, the Inner Space. We talked about that last Inner week. Space. And even yeah, late Ryan. later in his career, we Married. both liked him in uh, The Day After Tomorrow. That movie yeah, Vantage. That movie Vantage Point. He's, that's a good he's movie. Married, he's married. His wife's like, what, 40 years younger than him? Yeah, yeah, he was Something with the like Meg Ryan for the longest time too. Yeah, um, and remember that uh, that movie Frequency caught a lot of eyes. Chuck, oh, that was a big hit for him. Real good movie, really good movie. Which and they remade and, and then TV series they made yeah. into a series. And but, if, if you're a Mets fan, it has another layer of why it's yeah. a really good Jim movie. Jim Caviezel too. was his son, right? That's right. Yeah, Jim, Jim Caviezel. That's a real listen. I want, I'm glad you point. I wanted to mention Frequency is one of his best films. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Uh all right, Chuck. Let's uh, turn our attention to the best bank robbery movies of all time. And I was surprised at how easy I was able to compile this list. I know you may have struggled with it a little bit, but I, I, the, my ten movies are pretty darn good. Um, and I based it basically on the actual heist itself. I mean, some movies, obviously, I like more than others. But if you're going to make a, a, a bank robbery movie, uh, I'm just going strictly by the robbing of the bank uh, as far okay. as how I ranked mine. My, my latitude might be a little st stretchier, but OK. <laughs> so my uh, my 10 through six uh, should yeah. be on maybe on your list. I don't know. But here they are. Um, point Blank. I put uh, Point Blank. I put on my list uh, the big uh, bank list. robbery uh, uh, as the Dead Presidents. Uh, Robin yeah. Banks with Patrick Swayze and and Keanu mm -hmm. Reeves. Real good action movie. The original Going in Style is my number nine with uh, with oh, George Burns really and, and Art Carney. 
Um, yeah. A little depressing at the end, but it's a really good, uh, nice little comedy with three old guys trying cast. to rob a bank. Yep. We're a good cast. Yep. I put Die Hard with a Vengeance in my top 10 because they're, they're robbing the Federal Reserve. That's a bank. Um, and that's yes. a real good uh, a flick. Um, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kids are bank robbers. They also rob trains and things of that nature. So I threw that as my uh, number seven. But then a pure bank robbing movie is at my number six. And that's The Town, which was directed by Ben Affleck. Chuck, it's a, I'm really it's big fan list. of that flick. Um, uh, right. That's really where you see Jeremy Renner for the first time, what he can do on a big screen. And I was really impressed by him. And there's a good mystery uh, surrounding that uh, movie as well. And uh, John Hamm's good as one of the cops trying to track him down. And I always liked Rebecca Hall. She's always good in all these movies. So uh, I did like The Town a lot. So point blank, going in style. Uh, Die Hard with a Vengeance, Butch Cassidy, Sundance Kid, and The Town. That, that's a good starting point, wouldn't you say? Very good. I'm, I'm going to take a deep breath and give you my 10 through 6, okay? Oh, this ought to be good. Num well, <laughs> uh, number 10, Thief with James Caan. I almost made my list. Great film. Great film, yep. And he's really good in it. Yep. Uh, number 9, Usual Suspects. Yeah, I... I didn't see that as much as a bank robbing movie, but it, it's obviously a great movie. Kaiser so say, um, but I'll give that one to you. That's a good one. Italian job. Number eight. I was on my number 11. Yeah, they're Yep. Yep. That's a good one. They're robbing jewelry more than money, but I, I'll well, give this, it to you. The next one's after the fact. Uh, heat with uh, Michael Mann's heat. heat yeah. Well, heat's on, on my top five. So that's a great one. All right. That is good. One of the great. Uh, also directed by Michael Mann. That's, of all time. Yes. that's two by Michael Mann for you. Uh, number six, uh, Hella High Water from 2016. That is higher on my list as well. And that's a great and, pick. And I that, just rewatched that one. And, uh, and uh, Jeff Bridges. Jeff Bridges uh, movie. is They don't make movies like that anymore. Well, they just even, did. Even it, they made it a couple of years ago, Chuck. So, I mean, no, I know it was too. But uh, I'm just saying, even after 2016, they're not making movies. Well, like that, that one got nominated for an Oscar. It's my number two, yep. as a matter of fact, Chuck. And uh, mm -hmm. great performances by, you know, Chris, uh, by Jeff Bridges and, and Ben Foster. But underrated performance is Chris Pine and how appealing he is in the, as the lead in this did film, Chuck. See, I didn't see that. I saw that on. Uh, I saw that in the movies. No, I saw that I in the movies. Okay. And I also right. like I like the uh, the Indian actor that played opposite. Uh, who's also on Yellowstone now, too, opposite of Jeff Bridges. I thought their relationship was really good and, and, a, and a, a, a real intimate relationship between two uh, Texas Rangers trying to catch cops. That's a great uh, uh, bank robbers. That's a great movie, Chuck. And these were bank robbers you kind of rooted for, although Ben Foster was a little bit over the top with how he started killing people. I, I, I think that's a real great flick, Chuck. And I, I have that at my number two, as a matter of fact. What's your number five? It's Point Break. Uh, Catherine Bigelow. Catherine Bigelow, yeah. Point break. You know, it's interesting because Swayze in this movie, you know, he plays an anti-hero. Sure. Right? Uh, and uh, Keanu Reeves is a good guy. Uh, um, Patrick Gary Swayze. He's really good Gary in this Busey. movie. Yeah. Yep. And, and, and also, I like... Um, I thought Lori Petty. Petty was was good in this movie. She's Here's what's interesting about Lori Petty. She's good in this movie, and she's great in The League of Their Own. And she got canned from Demolition Man because she had no chemistry with Stallone and Sandra Bullock took that role over. And then she she's in, was an interesting talent. But uh, Point Break was a very entertaining movie. Great action movie, too, as a matter of fact. And the, the scene, yeah. the, the, the chase scene on foot was directed real well by Catherine Bigelow. And what I came out of that movie, too, Chuck, was how good Gary Busey was in it. When a role, you know, it should have been a throwaway role. He's actually stands out in this film. And when he and they kill him in and I'm like, why do they? Got, how good is that ending? How good is that? Ending? The ending's great. The, the ending's yeah. fantastic on the big of uh, the big wave. Yeah, that's another movie. They ill-advised remake. Yep. Yep. Ill-advised remake for sure. Chuck, my number five is a very funny comedy by Bill Murray that I'm sure a lot of people listening to this. I've never seen. And that's quick change. He yeah, I, and G Gina Davis and Randy Quaid rob a bank. Jason Robards is the cop that tries to catch him. And what ensues for the next 90 minutes? He dresses up as a clown, Chuck, to rob the bank. Yeah, um, and this is a very funny movie and a good ending to a real good ending to a film um, and showed the appeal of Randy Quaid and Gina Davis, relatively young in her career, was very good opposite Bill Murray. This is truly a Bill Murray movie, though. Um, he has his big <laughs> speeches and his and his outlandish uh, a performance, but Quick Change is a real good bank robber movie, and Jason Robards is good as a cop. Too. What's that? The bus driver's good in that movie. Bus driver's really good. Yeah, everything works in this film. Nobody saw it, Chuck. Um, no, it I, I know. Here's what's interesting about that movie. 
if you said to people, you know, list Bill Murray movies off the top of your head, it's almost like a disconnect. Yeah, nobody would even remember it, I would think. Um, yeah. No doubt about it. But Quick Change is a real good, uh, it's like a spoof of Dog Day Afternoon. It's, it's that funny, and I'm sure that's on our list later on. What's your number four? Uh, Spike Lee's Inside Man. That's my number four, as a matter of fact. But I think it's a maybe really the good best film. mainstream I, I, Spike Lee movie he's ever made. I, I agree. Denzel Washington, Clive Owen, Jodie Foster, great cast, great story. Uh, very complex, good script, good direction. Uh, it's a big winner. Chuck, let me ask you this, a, a little side note here, because I love this movie a yeah. lot. And a lot of it had to do with the anti-hero that Clive Owen plays in this, right? Yeah. He's got an interesting role in this film. Jodie's Foster right. role is a little weird. But he, Clive Owen, interesting actor, yeah. very good on screen. Oh, Children of Men is a great movie. He's always good when he's on a big screen. Why hasn't it really converted into a mainstream audience where, you know, he gets the same kind of, you know, respect as like a Colin Firth or a Hugh I'll tell you a quick, I'll, I'll tell you a quick, I'll tell you a quick story. Uh, the remake of Poseidon came out in 2006, right? So about a year before when they were going to start filming, it was going to go into production. I remember going to Ain't It Cool News because I was like so excited because my favorite films are beside him. Like who's going to be starring in this movie? Right. So I go on Ain't It, Ain't It Cool News and it was a headline. It said Clive Owen will will blow steam as the lead in the remake of the Poseidon Adventure. And it said that he was going to play Reverend Scott. I wow. was like, hey, it's pretty good casting, right? Yeah. And it never happened. The studio got other ideas and they went in a completely di different direction from I'll the say. religious symbolism. I always um, thought too he'd be a great James Bond that never came to fruition yeah, either. I well, he'd be now, a, how old is he? How old is he now? He's been uh, a long time. Off the top of my head, I don't know. I would imagine it is um, maybe close to sixty, maybe fifty-five. Yeah, right. It's got to be. Um, but he's done a lot of good work. Um, he is actually fifty-eight years okay. old. Um, right. Children of Men is really good. Uh, yeah, I know he's good. done a couple stuff. Uh, I know people love that the Nick. That's on TV that he's in. Just it always it always surprised me. He did Inside Man and Children of Men back to back, and it just never really. He did a movie. Remember yeah, that movie he did. He did with Julia Roberts. He did a movie that really never nobody ever saw either. A weird yeah. career. I like him a lot. I, when, I think I'm going to tell you the reason. I think I just don't think he appeals to women. Maybe, maybe, yeah, maybe. Um, Chuck he's got sort of a he's got sort of a coarseness to him. Maybe that's right. it. I don't know. Um, well, that was your number four and my number four. Real good bank robber movie. My number three is Heat. Remember the big deal Heat was, Chuck, to finally get Al Pacino and Robert De Niro yep. on the screen together at the same time. They did a 15-minute scene that's just legendary. But around that, there's some really good performances. Uh, Val Kilmer and John Voight. Um, and, and a great bang them up action scene in the middle of oh, it. Chuck, one of the great actually, shootouts of all time. Yeah, one of the best shootouts of all time in the middle of L.A. Like, if, you're doing film, if you're doing a film class... And you want to know how to shoot a scene like that. That is a scene to study. Was there any part of you after seeing that long movie? Um, it's almost three hours. It's great. It's a great yeah. movie. That was like, Lloyd, you have all these you have all this time. And two of the greatest actors of all time. Couldn't you get a little bit more out of them together? I mean, Maybe. I think, you know, you know, look, they teamed up again later on in, in a righteous kill, which was just an awful straight to yeah. video movie, basically. But yeah. these two powerhouses probably should have scared or maybe that makes the movie more legendary is because they maybe. are on screen together for such a little time. Maybe. All right. That's my number three. What's your number three? Uh, it's Die Hard with a Vengeance. Uh, I think this movie plays better and better over time. I agree. It's and again, like, we talked we about said, it last we week. We said the, end, the, the ending is a complete botch. The last 10 minutes is like, what in the world? How could a director like Alvison not come up with a coherent ending? McTierney, but I got what you're saying. Uh, John McTierney. Yeah. yeah. What did I say? Alvison. I mean, yeah, that's oh, Pride yeah, Kid and yeah. Rocky, but that's okay. Yeah. yeah. John McTierney. Uh, I mean, the guy's so good. Yeah. I don't and know. Like, you so know, producers so and scriptwriters get in the minutes. way, you know. Maybe they felt the real ending would have been another half an hour. So they just like, okay, let's try to rush this ending. I don't know. I will say if you go on YouTube and watch the deleted ending, they made the right choice of the two because the deleted ending is even worse than what they yeah, did in no, Canada. I agree. Yeah. Um, they both feel bad, though. Yeah, they're both bad. But I bad will say Jeremy Irons is really good in that movie. And the actual bank robbing scenes are done very effectively, especially uh, with the big uh, monster trucks that they're trying to load all the gold out of. Really good. Ooh, really good stuff. Yep. All right, Chuck. Uh, my number two was Hell or High Water. What was your number two? The Town, which That's I think a is an excellent, excellent movie. Excellent it really movie. is. And, you know, if you throw The Town and Argo and just the directing that Ben Affleck does, 
you know, say what you want. The guy's got a good eye for how to make a movie and how to star in a movie, too. He gets a lot of crap. He really does. But for the most part, his career has been pretty exemplary. I Listen, he's a tremendous talent. He could direct. He's I like him as an actor uh, a lot. So, yes, he's, he, 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 you know, we're never going to get to see what he would have did with the Batman, which is sort of a shame because I think he would have did something really good with it. But well, he already did. He did do something good with it. He did do something good with it. I mean, he wasn't in it. You know, yeah. he, maybe the, he could have done more, but he did something good with it. I'm yeah, just no, surprised at how much terrific versus Wayne Batman in, uh, in uh, uh, Batman versus Superman. Why is it that he gets so much crap, though? I don't understand. Is it because of the J-Lo and that kind of tabloid stuff that he gets in the yeah. way? Yeah, it's Early just on. really weird. I think you even and I, movie, even his, even his performance in a, in a movie like Daredevil, I think it's solid. Yeah. And in the movie I saw Dead uh, Deep Water on Hulu right now, he's really good in it. How good was he in Good Girl? I mean, he's fantastic in that and, movie. And of course, I love him in The Way Back, which we both love that. Oh, movie. he's and, and The Way Back and the uh, Tinder Bar that, that he came out. I mean, two good, really good movies. His last two movies. It, it's just yep. surprising to me. And it, he just got engaged again, people, if you were worrying uh, about oh, their relationship. So good for them. Uh, really? That one's going to last. I think it's, this one's for real this time, Chuck. I think this one's going to make it for J-Lo. Okay. This is the one. All right. Uh, last but not least, and the easy one, when you're picking out greatest uh, bank robbery movies of all time, there is one and only, and that's Dog Day Afternoon, the Al Pacino movie from way back Me in the too, mid-70s. Number Easily number one, Chuck. And for so many reasons, yeah, let alone. The whole movie takes place during a bank hey, robbery. Hey, hey, if I said to you, uh, hey, Mike, they don't make movies like that anymore. Uh, they don't. <laughs> no, they don't. Um, and and a lot of the reason is the motivation behind the bank robbers. Number one, I think that might be the how only thing that would how play. How many actors can remember the dialogue uncut? I mean, there's scenes in this movie that go on for minute after minute after minute, uncut, unedited. And, it's and, really and fascinating stuff. Iconic scenes too. Attica. I mean, people just uh, that that is a legendary. Um, line from from the Sidney Lumet movie. Chuck, of course, this movie is released in, in 1975. Let me ask you this. You're on the Academy, right? And you get your vote in front of you and you have to decide who wins best actor. And you've got one flew over the cuckoo's nest with Jack Nicholson in front of you and Al Pacino in front of you. How do you pick? I'm pulling my, I'm pulling my hair out. How do you pick? I mean, oh, my God. I really can't. It, it, between the two of them, of course, Jack I wanna, I won. Wanna, it, it, out of every, uh, out of a hundred votes, I wonder how many uh, went to. I know I'm just saying out of every hundred, I don't know how many they votes there are. How many went to Pacino versus Nicholson or anybody it, else? It would it would be interesting to to find out. You know what I found out? What I find great about this movie, much like the taking of Pelham One Two Three, which we didn't put on the list because it's not really a bank robber movie. But how good the supporting cast is at the bank, Chuck. A bunch of really really unknown actors, but they're oh, all very and, appealing, and they have their moment in the sun. And the actor who played uh, Sonny, not what was his name? Sal Sonny, John right? Cazale. Yeah. Okay, John Cazale. You know, he was in he only did five movies, I believe, and all five were nominated for Best Picture. It's crazy. It's great. He died very young, too. How good was he in that movie, though? And do you remember the actor who played his gay lover? Yeah, it was uh, it was uh, Chris Sarandon. Chris Sarandon. That's right. Um, the and, the, and, and you remember the, the other bank robber who went into the bank that got cold feet and left. He was in Jaws, too. Oh really? I, I, I yeah. <laughs> he was one. He was one of them on the on the raft. I stranded out to sea when the shark was going after them. Interesting. He, he, yeah, yeah. And then but Lance right, Hendrickson's got the, a small the, role the, in this too. The the the, uh, the bank manager, the the bank secretaries, all oh, they're so good in that movie. And yeah. Again, it's almost like that was like okay, Dog Day Afternoon in '75. That's like it was like guerrilla filmmaking. No. Yeah. And and much like um uh do the right thing. It captured a time and place it in the did. middle of the city and in Brooklyn, in Brooklyn, right but on a hot the, day. They, the studio at this time, they, they put they, they said, OK, Sidney uh, Sidney Lamette, right? They yep. said they basically put they said, OK, you're the director. Do what you got to do. They, gotta, they had confidence. They had confidence. You create a good product. Right. And and again, here's the difference for people who are listening to from that era to now is adults went to movies back then it wasn't right. it, movies were not for 20 year olds not really yeah. those were not the main movie go movie goers with 35 40 56 those it was a more adult oriented market they made r-rated movies r-rated movies made a lot of money right yep. people didn't like there was no stigma about the rating people wanted adult content and they wanted movies based on great scripts that got 
put on the big screen. And Frank Pearson, who wrote it, won the best uh, one Oscar for best screenplay, uh, original screenplay. They, it, they got five other nominations. But that's the thing, Chuck. It was always script first, um, then cast it, then get a, you know, it's like it just it, they got it all backwards now. I, they got concept first, then we'll get the stars and then we'll write it sooner or later. That's the big movies that are being made now. Uh, the, the small script movies, well, they're probably going to be on, you know, Netflix or Amazon. And, uh, and but we went over this. The problem with the small script movies is the, the, the talent in the production money is not there. It's not. It's, it's just it's too st- the rubber band from from the have from from all the toys in the attic to very little toys. You need a decent amount of toys to have a legacy. And, yep. and these movies now are too small. That's the problem. All right, Chuck, the 10 best bank robber movies, according to me, Point Break, Going in Style, Die Hard with a Vengeance, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, The Town, Quick Change, Inside Man, Heat, Hell or High Water, and Dog Day Afternoon. For me, a uh, good list, Mike. For me, uh, number 10, Thief, James Kahn. Number eight, Usual Suspects. I mean, nine. Number eight, Italian Job. Number seven, Heat. Number six, Hell or High Water. Number five, Point Break. Number four, Inside Man, Spike Lee, terrific movie. Number three, Die Hard with a Vengeance. Number two, The Town. And number one, Dog Day Afternoon. The great uh, Al Pacino and a tremendous supporting cast, Charles Sterling. Great stuff. All right, Chuck, we will do this all over again next week. Always a pleasure. I'll talk to you then. Uh, To the audience, thank you very much for listening. Thanks for listening to Movie Maniacs. Download one of our archived episodes. Be sure to subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts. by Federated Media.